Welcome to another edition of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for accessing us however you are doing so, whether it's the video version on the YouTube channel, whether it is on your favorite podcatcher, gpb.org, the GPB Sports app. Thanks for hanging out with us. We're really just past the halfway point of the season season. We're winding up the regular season. Hannah and I are kind of talking about things, and we're actually getting folks who are winning region titles now. Yes, yes, I cannot wait to talk about that. Clinchers already, John. I know. Wow. So, so there are seven clinched on the board, and uh, that means that there's a lot more of them that aren't clinched than we're going to be having to do. No one said there'd be math in this high school football. There's way too much math on this show. I know. And that's so uh, we've got region titles that get to be clinched over the next mm-hmm. couple of weeks. Bracketology Friday is really our election night on November 5th, and that's going to be fun. And uh, we'll get to fill in the brackets as best we can, and there's more math involved there. But we have one of the folks who is a region champ as our guest this week, coming up in a little bit. Yes, we do. I cannot wait for you guys to hear from Thomasville head coach Zach Grage. Mm-hmm. He had some awesome things He's to say. He's a dude. He is such a dude. If I had a dollar for every time he said dude, <laughs> I'd... I'd have more dollars. Yes, you would. Exactly. He's funny. I like him. Yeah, Zach's a good guy. He's in his sixth season down there at Thomasville. Thomasville knocked off Fitzgerald on Friday night to secure the region title in Region 1 AA. We'll talk about region play. We'll talk about AA football. We'll talk about everything else going on down there in Thomasville. Great conversation with uh, with Zach, and we'll catch up with one of our favorite dudes coming up in just a little bit. Yeah, before we get started, though, I want to give a shout-out to our GPB sports team. Yay! John was at the Gabby Awards with the boss. Yes, he was. On Saturday, or was it no, S- Saturday. Saturday night, yeah, right? No, Saturday, yeah, because Auburn did not have a home that's game. That's right, that's right. Auburn didn't have a football game that she wasn't going so to. she was allowed Auburn didn't to have come. a home game. I didn't have a soccer match to cover, so we actually had, like, date night and, and went to the Gabby Awards. The pictures you guys posted were so cute. Well, she's the one who took them. So cute. Except for a couple that uh, John Clark from Georgia News Network took. But, yeah, she took most of them. Yeah, you guys clean up well. Well, the Gabby Awards <laughs> is the <laughs> Georgia Association of yeah, Broadcasters. Commander Sandy, did you hear that? She says, I clean up well. <laughs> I was just going to slide right through that. No, no chance. And GBB won mm-hmm. multiple awards, yep. but in the sports category, mm-hmm. my partner in crime, John Nelson, Yo. won Best Sports Anchor for a Large Market. Yep, second year in a row. And then congratulations, John. Thank and you. then the Recruiting 2021 show. 2020. The 2020. 2020 yeah, the 2020, 2020 version. The recruiting show. The recruiting show, which was also nominated for an Emmy, mm-hmm. won a Gabby. Yep, uh, Best Sports Program. So Recruiting 2020 wins Best Sports Program from uh, our friends at the Georgia Association of Broadcasters for so the Gabby awesome. Awards. Very, very cool. So many. Oh, I, I, so well, many wait a second. Why, why, why are we just oh talking? Oh, my gosh. Why are we just talking Did about you bring it? the hardware? Yeah, I brought the hardware. Yes. Yeah. For those watching on the yeah, video Yeah, for those who version. will eventually watch on the video version. Oh, it's so pretty. It's a circle. It's a, yeah. See? Shiny. Very shiny circle. See, there it is. Gab. G-A-B. Gab yeah. Award mm-hmm. for excellence in broadcasting. Uh-huh. Oh, you brought the recruiting one, so not, not yours. Not mine. <laughs> no, this one goes, no, the recruiting one goes upstairs. I mean, no, this is, this is the Gabby for the Recruiting 2020 show. Mine is already at home, and it's on the shelf. Amazing. Yeah, it's at, you know, it's like because I mean, seriously, I mean, why bring mine in here? Because if I'm taking, if I bring it in, I'm taking it back home. 
I mean, it can go on my desk. Yeah, the, the recruiting 2020. So now you guys can fight over where the recruiting Gabby's going to go. But no, I figured right. I would bring this in. And so now now the rest of you guys can fight to figure out where this is going to sit. Probably Kevin's office. Well, <laughs> there you go. So that, that's the awesome. early, that's the early returns anyway. But yes, the great, great uh, work by everybody here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. The recruiting 2020 show has the Gabby yeah. Award. It is here in my hand for those who are watching. You can see it in my hand in, in the box where I try not to smudge it. And for those of you listening, it doesn't really make good listening. So there you go. Well, we will look forward to submitting the 2021 version next year, which airs at 7 o'clock before our game of the week. And our game of the week this week was Brookwood versus Grayson Mm -hmm. at Britt Moody Field in Loganville. Our Cotton Commission player of the game, Alex Diggs, rushed for 145 yards and three touchdowns Mm -hmm. and caught nine passes for 81 yards to lead the Broncos to a 35-14 win over the defending 7A champs, the Rams. Junior quarterback Dylan Lonergan was also 23 of 32 passing for 193 yards, rushed for 68 more mm-hmm. yards, and a touchdown. So what does this Brookwood win do for Region 4 7A, John? Puts Brookwood in the driver's seat right mm-hmm. now, and Brookwood has two games left. Okay. They have South Gwinnett and Brian Lamar, friend of the network. They have them this week. But any kind of a tiebreaker that would happen with Brookwood and Grayson up top it would be Brookwood on the tiebreaker right now. Let's 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 go through those region standings let's very quickly. It. Brookwood right now at two and zero. Grayson at two and one. So Grayson right now only has one game left in their regular season. Newton, who had a really tough non-region game with mm-hmm. Mill Creek, gave them all they could handle at one and one. Parkview's at one and two. South Gwinnett really needs the win this week if they're going to fight for that four spot with Parkview right now. They are zero and two. So it's a Tough test there in Region 4, five teams for four spots. Yeah, and Broncos play South Gwinnett this Friday. Did you say that? Yes, I did. Head coach Brian Lamar, friend of the network. Just <laughs> repeating, just making sure everyone knows. Yes. See, Big game coming up. Baby brain. Big game. Baby, See, baby Commander Sandy, the, she has the baby theme. brain like nobody's business. You have to give her a little bit of a break. Absolutely. Not only one, but two babies. I mean, They're also suffocating me, so <laughs> we, we won't talk about that, but... Can't breathe. Okay. Back to our regularly scheduled programming yes. segment. What's else? What else is on your mind? Week 10 is in the books. Allegedly. Seven teams have clinched region champions mm-hmm. championships. Championships. And I want to start by talking about the class 7A, yes. region one, 7A, Lowndes beat Colquitt 52 to 31 mm-hmm. to clinch it. Unbelievable. Big big lead early on for Lowndes and Colquitt. At the Concrete Palace, too, that place was probably rocking. Yes, it was. And, you know, it was a big lead early for Lowndes, and Colquitt County had to play catch-up for most of the night. Couldn't quite do it. They Mm -hmm. lose by 21. So right now, the the way that it stacks up, this week, Colquitt plays Tift, and Lowndes is at Camden. So that's that's okay. how Region 178, they'll be done. They will be done, like D-U-N done. They will be yeah, done one after One more this regular week. season one game. One more regular season game. So this here's part of your assignment for the postgame show okay. is catching up with the coaches in 178 because they're done after they're this done. week. Lowndes right now at 2-0. Mm-hmm. Colquitt's at 1-1. One one. Tift is at 1-1. One one. Camden's 0-2. Oh and, and so you basically have one play four, two play three, and then you get to figure out the math there. But if Colquitt okay. beats Tift and they go to 2-1, and one, they would be the two seed. Tift would go to 1-2. and two, And Camden, uh, depending on what they would do, if they would either be 2-1 and uh, yeah, they would either be 1-2 one, uh, one or 0-3. Oh so right now it's shaping out that it would be Lowndes, Colquitt, Tift, and Camden in Region 178 in that order. Also done after this Friday is Region 1 6A. Yep. Lee County clinched that region. They beat Northside 41 to 7. Mm-hmm. So, what is that looking like? 
And you look at 1-6-A quickly. Right now, you've got Lee County at 2-0, Northside's 0-1, Houston County at 0-1, and Valdosta, obviously. Uh, they're going to give the number one seed in whatever region the bracket lines up with. They're going to get a first-round bye because, remember, Valdosta's not eligible for the postseason. So right now, Lee County, Northside, Houston County, Lee County, right now at 2-0, and they get the Duke. They're, that's where they are. I'm going to let you do all the hard work and, and talk about region standings, and Math. I'm just going to I'm just going to read Math. The, the, the game. Math. All right, Region Eight Five A as we work our way down. Clark Central clinched Region Eight. They mm-hmm. beat Loganville twenty seven to twenty four. That's a close one. Well, but here's the fun part about this particular region coming into this week. You had Clark Central at five and zero. You had Johnson Gainesville at zero and five. Everybody else was two and two. Literally, everybody else was two and two. You had six teams at two and two in that region. Just in the blender, in, totally. Yeah, seriously. And so now with the this the three games that happened last week, Clark Central right now, they're clinched. They're they're ahead of everybody. East side, Greenbrier and Appalachie, they're all at three and two. Jackson County, Loganville, Walnut Grove, they're all at two and three. So basically you're looking at you know, let's just go ahead and say it, six teams in three spots. I mean yeah. that's one of the that's one of the nastiest regions finishes that I've seen in quite some time. So what has to happen? Math. We got to figure out the, we, we the coaches. The coaches that. in Region Eight Five A. Can you please send us your tiebreakers? Other than head to head, we know head to head. We figure head to head is going to be the first one. After that, is it common opponent? Is it point differential? Is it mini game? Send us the tiebreaker scenarios in Region Eight Five A because we we are going to need them. All right, Class 4A, Region 3. Mm-hmm. Benedictine beat New Hampstead 70-28. to Unexpected. Unexpected. To win their region. Yeah, Benedictine now at 7-2 and two in the overall. New Hampstead 1-1. One one. Jenkins 1-1 one one in Islands 0-2. So we'll see what happens there. But Benedictine now in the barn as the top seed coming out of Region 3. They've been showing out all season. Benedictine, I mean, we talked to Danny Britt earlier this year, and it was great to, to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit and mm-hmm. find out what it's like for him to have to schedule seven non-region yeah, games just to get to this point to try to win a region. Right now, he's won the region by putting up 70 on Kyle Hockman in New Hampstead. I'm going to skip right over Double A Region mm. One Thomasville. They beat Fitzgerald fifteen to eight. Because yeah, we've heard of Region One. Yes, we talked to Coach Zach Grage in just a few minutes. That conversations coming up on the Football Fridays <laughs> in Georgia podcast. Thank you, John. Uh-huh. Uh, in Double A, though, Region Three Bleckley County beat Washington County twenty eight to twenty three. Yep, and you know, once again, Zach Grage mentions Vaughn Lassiter mm-hmm. in the conversation coming up in just a little bit. Bleckley right now at five and zero. They're ahead of everybody nine and zero. They've got one more game to go. Northeast at three and one, Dodge and Waco at two and two, Lamar County's at two and three, Southwest at one and three, Jasper County's at zero oh and four. So right now you're looking at five teams in four spots. All right, one more in class single A private region seven. Darlington beat North Cobb Christian. I didn't write down the score. That's all right. Darlington three and zero. Oh, they're eight and one. They've got one more regular season game to go. But once again, you're looking at the other four teams: Mount Perrin Christian, North Cobb Christian. They're both at one and one. Christian Heritage is at 1-2, and, and the Walker School is at 0-2. Oh so once again, you're looking at four teams and three spots for that region. In John's words, efforting the score, 35-23. to 23. There you go. There it is. There it is. Lassiter was on a bye. We'll see what they can. Lassiter was on a bye. Yes. Okay. We'll see what they can do against. Yeah. Enter drum roll <laughs> while I Google here. They see, play Alatuna. Okay, Alatuna this Ooh, Friday. That's a tough one. So let's 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 check and see right now. What region are you in? 
Great question. Nothing like asking you a question. Okay, got it. Six six A. Six six A. Right now, you're the four. If it finished today, you'd be the four seed. Hey, look at that. Kennesaw Mountain at six and one. Pope at five and one. Alatoona four and one. Lasseter at four and two. But Kells right behind you at three and three. South Cobb and Sprayberry at two and four. So there you awesome. are. Reg- that's your Region six six A update. Awesome. All right, more region titles on the line this week. Mm-hmm. What game? What are we looking at, John? All of them. Collins Hill and Mill Creek, obviously, at the top of the ladder. Mm-hmm. We can get into that in the, in the, the preview after okay. we talk to Coach Grage about one of the regions that has been uh, already settled with uh, Thomasville winning over Fitzgerald this past week. But I've got a lot of – I have a lot of stuff highlighted for games that are important when it comes to region play. So it's going to take a lot longer for me to talk about important games. Let's talk about it after we talk to Coach Grage. Great plan. So uh, you want to toss to the interview? Or you that want... was it. Great plan. That was it. Cut. Send. All right, Coach, you go 8-1 and one on the year, 4-0, and oh, undefeated in region play after beating Fitzgerald 15-8 on Friday to take sole possession of first place in Region 1 AA. This one came down to the final two minutes of the game. How were you able to stop the Purple Hurricane? Uh, well, I, like I told the people at school today that were, you know, offering their congratulations, I didn't do anything. Um, <laughs> our kids, <laughs> our kids and coaches around, man, they, they just did a great job and didn't have a quit. Um, you know, Fitzgerald came out, opened up, scored first, and then, uh, you know, got a two-point conversion, and we come down and score, make it seven to eight, and that's where it stood at halftime. And then they actually mishandled a punt in the third quarter. We were able to recover in the red zone and go and turn that into some points. Uh, then went for two ourselves and made that. So then it stayed that way, and it was just kind of a battle of wheels right down the bottom. I think two well-coached teams, two kids that or two teams that had kids that were really getting after it. Um, it was a definite physical battle. We actually gave our kids off. We usually bring them in on Sundays. We gave our kids off this weekend to kind of have the extra day of recovery. Um, and it was just one of those that you know you were still holding your breath right there till the end because you knew Tucker and his staff were going to have a good plan to try and score. Um, but our guys, just when you had to make the play, we, we rally here. We've got a coach that, that'll say the only play you got to make and the whole team will say it's the play you got to make. Uh, and that was something that we really hung our hats on on Friday and we're yelling out from the sideline that just every snap we were resetting and say, hey, go make this play, go make this play. And, you know, luckily when time ran out, we were on the right side of the scoreboard. For someone who has never seen football in Region 1 AA, just so the folks know who aren't familiar with the region. It's it's you guys, it's Fitzgerald, it's Cook, it's Worth, it's Berrien, and it's Early. For someone who hasn't seen and doesn't know how intense Region 1 AA football is, how intense is Region 1 AA football? Uh, It's awesome. I mean, like you said, John, it's really difficult to explain, and I think I'd put a lot of it just in South Georgia football in general. Yeah where you still have the, the South Georgia pride. There's not a lot of movement. There's folks that went to school um, at the places that they're cheering for. The, you know, they support them. They Like our kids, man, a lot of these guys have been playing since they were five together. They grew up coming to these games. They can talk about the Jeffrey Dysons or Mario Cherries and the guys that have come through that they look up to. Uh, but when you start putting – and then now social media has really added in an extra um, – factor whenever you look at the the rabid fan bases uh i was expecting a big crowd on friday i was blown away our support like you couldn't find a seat on our side and that's an hour and 50 minute trip Mm -hmm. to get over to fitzgerald and then of course fitzgerald's fans were were full um and i would put it up against him i would think that everybody's biggest gate is going to be when thomasville comes to town so our our fans are unbelievable they're going to set the tone throughout the week by um 
some well-natured banter on social media, <laughs> and uh, which I love. I mean, I, it's, it's awesome. I think it's great. And, and I've actually told our kids, I said, look, we got to keep winning ball games so they can keep posting up these videos and stuff. Um, but it's it's nothing like it. There's also many there are also many stadiums that don't have tracks around them. Yeah. So your fans are right on top of you, and that's the way it is here at home for us. And uh, it's amazing. Some people may not like that, um, but I know our kids don't like going on the road because of the atmosphere here at home, and our fans do a really good job of trying to make our road games a home atmosphere. And then when you add in, I think, the high quality of coaching, uh, the kids that are going to play, very rarely do you talk to a coach and say, man, my guys just didn't play hard tonight. I mean, they understand how important it is on Friday. They understand what they're playing for, for their team, for their families and their communities. Um, and they're going to go get after it. And there's not a lot of finesse involved. It's just, I mean, some bloodletting and, um, you know, go make plays. But it's going to be one, you know, in the box for sure. I've never been to a game there, but I've never been more convinced. Well, yeah, and I mean, that's the thing is that when you go to – when you go and catch a home game in Thomasville – that's one thing. And then, you know, you go to J.C. Stadium in Fitzgerald, and, I mean, it is an environment. You know, we've talked to Tucker Pruitt on the, on the podcast, mm-hmm. Hannah, in the past, and this, these are the kind of environments that we have here in, in, in South Georgia and in really in South Central Georgia and in Southwest Georgia that you get here in 1AA. What's next on your mind? Well, I want to talk about some of your playmakers. Junior wide receiver Demorio Thurman scored the game-winning touchdown on a 13-yard reception. <clears throat> For folks who haven't seen Thomasville much this year, who are your other major playmakers? Um, that's one thing that's really carried us is I've, I've gone on since I've been here. You know, we've got to let our ballers be ballers and our dudes like every week we're going to come into it. And that was a big thing that was actually on our board when we came in last Sunday to go play Fitzgerald. Is this going to be a game where our dudes have to step up and be our dudes? So, you know, we're going to hang our hat. Ty Anderson is going to be a guy. He's our, our middle linebacker, um, plays all the special teams, which I think is also huge. Our special teams as a two-way program, you're not going to see just a random guy that, hey, good job at practice this week. You get to go play on Friday night. Um, it's a good job at practice. You appreciate, you know, them helping us win, fulfilling their role. But, you know, you've got Ty's going to lead us 42. He's been starting since he was a freshman. Uh, even when you look around and be like, you know, man, I don't really remember Ty, uh, you know, playing against Fitzgerald in the wing tee. Ty wasn't out in space making a bunch of plays and then you look at the stats and I think he still had like 14 tackles and two sacks and I mean he's just going to be around the football and you've got guys in South Georgia like that EJ Lighty from Fitzgerald is another one that you know just makes plays everywhere um Joe Williams is kind of a do everything Swiss Army knife for us uh he hangs his hat on playing DB corner and safety but then he's also our punter he returns kicks and he's flipped over and played a lot of receiver for us and been very productive Jimmy Bowdry um is another division one type recruit uh, he plays corner for us, number five. Um, again, Thomasville guy. His brother played here, Jay Batter. He just graduated from Georgia Southern playing for them. And then, you know, offensively, you're going to look at Jacob Tyson's going to lead the offensive line. has been a three-year starter for us. Uh, Malik Harper and Ricky Fulton, the two-headed monster in the backfield. Um, and they've been together for three years. You know, Ricky started as a freshman. Malik started as a sophomore. So it's been really nice to ride that train for the past three years. And we'll have to replace Malik next year, which is not going to be an easy job um and then Shannon White at quarterback you know is a definite guy that that is going to lead us and going to make plays and you know we may not ask him to do a whole lot but then just naturally with things that are called and the way we ask him to read defenses uh especially in the run game is where he's been extremely productive and then I'd describe his 
the passing game is efficient. You know, we're not going to ask him to throw big bombs, although when they're there, he takes them. Um, but we think we scheme up some stuff. It's pretty easy for him, and he's going to complete some screens and get the ball out to the playmakers. Uh, and then receiver-wise, you mentioned DJ. You know, DJ's a junior for us that, you know, has really been underachieving this year. So I'm excited to see him come out of a shot. I just hugged him up in the weight room and said, look, when you keep working, even though it was week nine, it's, you know, we've got six more weeks to continue to develop. Uh, Jay Cody is a senior that's been very productive for us at the receiver position. And then uh, Cole Shaw is actually the only sophomore that's playing meaningful, meaningful reps for us on Friday night. Uh, and he had a touchdown a couple weeks ago, had a touchdown three weeks ago. Uh, so he's starting to come into his own as well. And you're getting to do this in what I think is one of the toughest classifications in the state of Georgia because if you look at AA, you know, we were looking at the, the top 10, top 15, you, you, there are a handful of teams that can compete for a state championship here. And you're doing an A in one of the, the tougher regions in AA and in one of the toughest classes and one of the most balanced, I think, around because it's – it's you guys. It's Fitzgerald. It's Bleckley, Rabin, Northeast. Putnam's undefeated. You've got Callaway, who's your defending champ. You've got Dodge in Washington County. I mean, you're doing it in one of the toughest classes around. Yeah, and I think if you look at the first round, I actually spoke to Kevin Giddens this morning. Um, the first round is Region 1 versus Region 3. <laughs> oh, man, you're going to have four really, really good teams <laughs> sitting at home after that first week. Uh, and that's just in my opinion. I think Region 5 is probably the next strongest top to bottom uh, with Callaway, Hurd, Bremen, Harrelson. So yeah, I, I think you're right, John, when people are coming up and saying, hey, who's who's got a chance this year? And shoot, there's a bunch of folks, and you never know. And it, you even look at our region, and, you know, typically for the past few years, Berrien has struggled to win games within the region. Well, they come out week two of our region play, and they beat Cook, mm-hmm. who Cook just beat Worth the week before, putting up like 600 yards rushing. Um, so the parity, even just down here, and then you got Early County that made their big playoff run last year. Um, it's, and then you have us in Fitzgerald. So you look at those, those teams and you look at just the way that we play football. And I know you mentioned Blakely and, you know, I think Von Lasseter as one of the top coaches in the state, you know, I don't care about classification. I think he does an unbelievable job. I know he's back at home and has a lot of pride in that program. Uh, and we talk almost daily, but, you know, you look at brackets, you know, the phone calls to start coming in. Well, coach, what do you think about your bracket? And it's, <laughs> you, you better not look at it <laughs> because if you just can still continue, I said, well, we're just focused on Thomasville. We're not really worried about, you know, who we play. Um, we play us every week has been our calling card for the past two years. Just keep our identity and let's play good football and then let the marble shake out as I may at the end. Uh, but yeah, I think you're right. I'd put two way up against anybody. Um, and I think it comes back to just the pride of the kids and the, the quality of coaching. And I think that's true throughout the state. How do you keep such a consistent team year after year and win region title after region title? I know how tough that is replacing seniors that, that graduate. Uh, I think it's just, again, the most important thing is the players. Then you go into coaching. Our, our coaching staff, a lot of these guys have been with me since the beginning. Uh, and when people are trying to – I love trying to talk to younger coaches and trying to mentor folks and, um, you know, answer any questions or whatever just with opportunities that I've had to be able to share. And, 
when they ask, okay, what do you got to do? You first, you have hundred day plans. I know Chris Parker's unbelievable about providing resources. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I got to know him when I was up at Gilmer. Um, but I think the most important thing is you better have dudes. And the second most important thing is you better have administrative support to be able to hire assistant coaches and keep them here. So when you, when you talk about a place like Thomasville, and yes, it's South Georgia, but man, Thomasville is such a unique town and awesome. So we have a great downtown. We're 30 minutes from Tallahassee. Yep. Uh, you're another 30 minutes from Valdosta. I mean, it, you've got a lot of things that you can do here, but it's not just the random South Georgia town in the middle of nowhere. So being able to keep people here, I think our school system is phenomenal. I've got three boys of my own, uh, 10, 8, and 6. You know, they're going to go to school here. My wife works in the school system. A lot of our coaches have a big vested interest in what's going on here. And that consistency of a staff is is huge. And then being able, you know, we lose Justin Montgomery last year as our defensive coordinator. He goes up to Carrollton. Well, then we get an unbelievable guy in Brian Simmons to come down from Carrollton. Um, and he was a South Georgia guy, so he went to high school in, in Adel at Cook. So being able to not only keep talent in the coaching realm, but, but recruit talent in the coaching realm. Uh, and then something else I'll put on there, our middle school staff, is fantastic. We got eight guys down there. They just won the middle school championship. I think we've played for the championship, if not won it all six years I've been here. Uh, and that's Cal Angry and his staff. Uh, we've had six out of those eight guys here for all six years. So just the consistency from the ground up, and you can even get into a whole nother spiel about youth programs and what we do here in Thomasville as well. So, um, you know, players help for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and you got kids running around here playing football since they were five years old. All the parks are here, are filled up on Saturdays with kids playing. And I think that's something else that you're starting to lose, too, uh, with, you know, games and lazy kids and all that stuff. You know, you don't you won't see that in Thomasville as much as you may see other places. You're in your sixth year there now. My first question, I guess, is does it feel like six years that you've been there in Thomasville? Uh, some days it feels like one, and other days it feels like I've been here for 30. So it just <laughs> depends on what's going on. But, yes, it's uh, – I think that six years, uh, I was at Moultrie for six years too, of course, not as a head coach, but you get to that point where we really have to challenge ourselves to fight any complacency. The program is here, the program is running, um, but you don't want people to get comfortable and just say, hey, it's going to take care of itself. So I think the biggest thing once you got past that four year where all the kids kind of know what to expect and everybody's been in the program uh, is now, you know, mixing things up every now and then, just kind of keeping people on their toes and still understanding the, the main tenets of the program, the main pillars are never going to change. Uh, but you might have to mix things up year to year, uh, identity-wise, you know, whatever it may happen to be, how you may practice on a Monday, may change this slightly. Um, but always doing something a little bit different to keep people um, with their stingers up. So then let me ask you this. Have you changed much as a coach in the six years that you've been there in Thomasville? What have you learned about yourself as a head coach? Uh I'd say yes and no. Again, like I'm always going to say I came in day one here of the two things that lead our staff as professionals are going to be first class. Everything you do, you better do it the best. So, uh, you know, that's one thing. We're a two-way program, but I think that's only true in the size of our school. We're going to have, what you know, what I hope to consider is the, the best jerseys. We're going to have the best turf when we got it installed five years ago. We got the best press box. We got the best. You know, if somebody came to me, I remember we did the press box and we tried to save some money and put in a different floor. And I said, well, just don't do it. Just don't even put it up. If we're not going to do it the best, then let's not do it. So I think 
you know, once you start setting that tone and showing this is what we got to do, and in order to do that, you got to have community support. And our folks have really, really bought into that of doing things in a first-class manner. And I think that's what Thomasville brings. Uh, and then secondly is genuine. I think that's the most important thing as a coach, especially nowadays. The the coaches that are, you know, work with me, you know, we've got 11 dudes that I want my kids to play for. We've got 11 guys from different backgrounds um, that really, really pour into these kids. And if you want to talk about just being genuine when a kid knows that you love them and you will do anything for them, and now you can get on them and you can coach them hard, but they understand that you've got their best interests at heart. And I think that's what has really helped us a few of these games where we've been behind at halftime. You can look at a kid's eye and say, listen, now, I need you to go and do this. I need you to look at those folks up in those stands. They're not, you know, some of these people may not have eaten dinner on Thursday, so they can buy their football ticket on Friday. Um, but just that genuine love for the kids, for this program, for what we're doing. Uh, you know, one of my coaches is an old school guy. He's been here for a while. He's like, oh, you just spoil these kids. I mean, we're like T-shirt University. Fabrizio taught me that up at Lee County. <laughs> if you breathe right, you get a shirt. If you, you know, you block a kick, we got beast mode stuff. And things, it's just stealing from different people. Um, so I think those main tenets haven't changed. Um, we're always going to do things right. We're going to do things because you mean it. And the high school kids will pick out a liar real quick. So it better be real. Um, and then the things, you know, the support, um, that always has to change a little bit. But my wife is, is a rock for what we do, and she does a great job managing our moms. We've got great dads that are involved in the program, and they've got a, a role they play on Wednesday night in feeding our kids. Um, and I would say, you know, I think having kids of my own has mellowed me out a little bit. Um, people may not say that on Fridays, but, you know, Monday <laughs> through Thursday, you know, we're going to get after it and we're going to go and we're going to be fast. And um, I think, again, our, our pillars, we, we talk about body language, energy, physicality, and tempo. Those are always going to be parts of the program. Now, this year, our extra little thing is one and oh. You know, so every year we've got our own kind of calling card. But the kids, any kid that walks through these doors is going to tell you we're going to hammer body language. We're going to hammer physicality, uh, which that's going to be here no matter who the head coach is. And then tempo, we do things fast. We do everything fast. I talk fast. We go in the weight room fast. We do everything fast. Um, and then just making sure we, we preach everything that we do. And then, yeah, you're going to change as you get older and, um, you know, continue to learn. And once you stop learning, you should hang it up. But I think for the most part, I mean, what you see is what you get. And, you got to mix it up every year to adjust to your personnel. Well, I want to keep giving your players some love. And my last question for you, Coach, is I know you mentioned a bunch of your top playmakers, but we do this segment on Recruiting 2021 where we love to talk about the underdogs, and it's called Make That Kid an Offer. Is there a player on your team that you think is underlooked that you think needs that some universities and schools need to take a closer closer look at? Uh, yes, all of them. <laughs> South Georgia don't get recruited. It's crazy. I had a coach call me, a Division One coach called me yesterday about Joe Williams. And he said, Coach, if we get this kid, it's crazy. And this is a Power 5 Division One guy. And he said, he's, got, he's under-recruited. And he's got grades and he's a great kid. I said, look, people just don't come to South Georgia. We have the same problem in Moultrie. Uh, but to specifically answer your question, with the year that he's having this year, wasn't really on the map his first three years because he just didn't put up big numbers. Um, and he's not really going to because he shares the backfield with Ricky Fulton, and we're never going to have that one key guy. Uh, but Malik Harper is having an unbelievable year, and he's a good look. He's 5'11", 180, so he looks the part. Uh, he's got fantastic grades. Home life is wonderful. 
uh, and he's putting up numbers. He's got, you know, 150 carries for 900 yards and 17 touchdowns. He's on track. You know, we continue doing what we're doing. He's got an opportunity to break the school record with Dickie Thompson in 1963. Uh, we had another running back that people might have heard of named William Andrews. I heard of him, yeah. Uh, he was pretty good. Yeah, he was pretty good in his own right. He's still around, so that's awesome. But if I had to pick one person, I'd say Malik Harper um, is starting to get out on the map. People are starting to ask about him, but I think he's a no-brainer in my mind. Region 1 AA champ and the head coach at T-Shirt High. I guess I'll just I'll just call you the head coach of T-shirt high from now on, huh? There you go. Well, one of the best dudes out there, Zach Grage, head coach of the Thomasville uh, Thomasville High. Thanks for hanging out with us here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. We'll be keeping an eye. Obviously, you've got Barry in to wrap up your regular season this week, but we'll keep an eye on one of the toughest classes around. Thanks for hanging out with us this week. Yeah, appreciate you as always. Opportunity to sell the kids. Thank y'all. We've talked to a lot of coaches on this podcast, yeah. and he loves his players. Yeah, and, and you can just tell. And he's so passionate about it. All about, I love that. It's all about his dudes. Yeah, all about the dudes. <laughs> but it's great to catch up with him because, you know, what we like to do here is we like to kind of show off the state to the rest of the state. And when we get the chance to, to talk to a Zach Grage down in Thomasville, and, you know, we didn't even get into War of the Roses, Thomasville, no, Thomas didn't. County Central, which cuts the town in half. And, you know, you're in one of the toughest regions. He's been there for – this is his sixth year now, and he was – uh, he was an assistant coach under Rush Probst for a while, and so he knows the the Rush Probst coaching tree. He's a he's a limb off of that, and to see him, he goes up to North Georgia and and learns and, and plies his trade for a couple of seasons, and comes back down to Thomasville, and he's done some really great work down there in Thomasville for uh, now six seasons going in one of the toughest regions around. Yeah, but yeah. he loves his dudes. Yeah, and congrats to them for clinching their region. Yep. All right, we gave you enough time. Okay. To go through some of your highlighted notes here. Okay. Which Games besides all, all of them. Yeah, there you go. Choice D, all the above. Are are the biggest ones on the docket? All right, rapid fire. So we're just going to go by class here. So obviously, Collins Hill at Mill Creek, one versus two in seven mm-hmm. A. We'll look at that one. North Cobb is at Marietta. That one's going to determine a region title. Lowndes and Camden. We talked about that. Everything in Region One, seven A. Lowndes at Camden and Colquitt hosting Tift in six A. Once again, it's the season ender for Valdosta as they are going to be hosting Lee County. Eight o'clock kick at Baysmore Hyder in six A. Roman Douglas County. This one's sneaky because this has been a region that's been in the blender for a long time, ever since Carrollton got uh, upset early on, and that's when we had them on the Football Fridays in Georgia broadcast with South Paulding. That put the region back in the blender. It's been in the blender now twice since Douglas County has lost. So Douglas County at 7-1 and one goes to Rome at 6-2. and two. That one's going to be big for that region, Johns Creek and River Ridge. For that one, that one's going to be big as well because that region went back in the blender since Cambridge mm-hmm. lost last week. Uh, Cartersville and Calhoun, we'll talk about that one a little later because there's some significance there. We we kind of have some significance for that particular game. Just a little bit. Region 1-5A, you've got Warner Robins and Coffee. That one's going to be at Jardine in Douglas, so we'll keep an eye on that one as well. 4A, Jefferson, top of the ladder. They play North Oconee in Jefferson, so that one's going to be a tough one for them. Dropping down into the Oconee County region in 3A, Oconee County loses to Monroe area. So those four teams that we were talking about at the top of that particular region, Monroe area, Oconee County, Stevens County, Hart County, those four, 
Oconee County is at Stevens County to try to figure out now the 2-3 because Monroe area right now is uh, in the lead right there in that region. So Monroe area is at Franklin County, 8-0 at 3-5. So you can assume Monroe area goes to 9-0 unless Franklin County gets the big upset. Oconee County is at Stevens County as well. Hart County plays East Jackson. So that one can continue there as well. Dodge plays Washington County, two top 10 teams in, in Class AA. In single-A private, Eagles Landing Christian, after losing to the number two team in the state of Ohio last week, they are at Whitfield Academy. You've got Pacelli and Brookstone in the Columbus area, and you've got uh, Holy Innocence at Wesleyan and in single-A public, Sly County. Can they continue their role after knocking off Chatco 20-19? They're at 7-1. and one. They go to Manchester, two top 10 teams in single-A public. Yeah, just some small significance for Kowloon versus Cartersville. The Region 7-5A championship will be on the line. There you go. Number four versus number one. That's our Football Friday in Georgia. Game of the week, Cartersville is undefeated at 9-0 on the season, 5-0 in region play. Warmed up for this showdown by mm-hmm. defeating Woodland 49-7. to mm-hmm. Ouch. Yep, early lead for them. It was like 35-0 before anybody could think. Kowloon 8-1, mm-hmm. but 4-0 in region play. Defeated Cass 35-13 on Friday. So Cartersville is known for producing current Jacksonville quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Heard of him. This year they have senior Jake Parker, who's thrown for more than a thousand yards. Mm. Calhoun has one of the top state, one of the state's top players in wide receiver and return man Cole Spear. Yep. He and quarterback Christian Lewis will make up a lethal tandem. So Cartersville has won the last three meetings between these old rivals and won 31 to 4 in 2020. So this year's game will determine the region championship and home field advantage for at least two games in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Kickoff is set for 7.30 at Weinman Stadium, and what a game this is going to be, John. Get your tickets now if you haven't already gotten them, because uh, as we mentioned on the postgame show, there are three words associated with a lot of the towns that have football teams. Insert town name here, will travel. Calhoun will travel. It will be packed at Weinman Stadium. If you do not have tickets to this one, I would suggest getting them as quickly as humanly possible. Cartersville, Purple Hurricanes fans, they will be there. Calhoun will travel. They will be there. You're looking at 4-0 and 4-0 in region. Cartersville 8-0. Calhoun 8-1. It's their regular season finale. Mm-hmm. BT and Cass are behind them in the region right now, both at 2-2 two and 5-4. Two and and Woodland, Cartersville, and Hiram with an outside chance of putting the 3 and the 4 back in the blender for region 7-5A. But Cartersville and Calhoun, both at 4-0. This one's going to be fun. And I think that, honestly, the way that these two offenses are, mm-hmm. it's probably going to end up being like a 10-7 game. Really? Well, I mean, because, you know, we always do this. The more we uh-huh. talk about offenses, the more we talk about offenses, kind of like Decatur scoring 70-something. The defense hears us. Yeah, the, and that's what happens. <laughs> In these games, legitimately, we always talk about high-powered offenses. It ends up being like a, some kind of a 10-7 game, literally. 74 to 12. How about that, Decatur? Win mm. over Northview. See, Commander, Commander mm. Sandy's fired up because, mm. let's see. And, and the thing is— Second most points in history. See, but the thing is, and it was— this is shaping up for Commander Sandy and her Decatur Bulldogs. Next, not this week, but next week, region championship on the line if things continue the way they are. St. Pius and Decatur right now, eight Ooh, versus nine in the polls. A good one. And so is this, a, is this at your place or is this at Pius? Home. So, okay. Yeah, at Decatur. Although Southwest Cab this week is three and one in the region, so they're right behind. So they make sure they don't look past them, but. Yeah. Trap game. Shaping, yeah. Shaping <laughs> it's a trap up. game. <laughs> Shaping up to be, yeah. We're just going to go ahead and call it 
I'm calling it. I think I called it a month ago. Well, see, okay, so if St. if St. Pius beats Stone Mountain, mm-hmm. they go to seven and two, and and, and uh, Stone Mountain finishes their regular season. So you'd have seven and two at nine and zero oh next week for a region mm. title. Everything matters in that one next week. Yes, it does. And, and you can. It's, and uh, Commander Sandy's already doing her Leo Mazzoni impression right there <laughs> behind the glass. She's already rocking back and forth. She's already looking forward. She's already looking forward to next. Hey, week. she's invested. Well, yeah, invested. literally and figuratively, she's literally. invested. <laughs> so literally. That's, so that that will be one of a handful of games that yep. will mean everything next week. And she's already getting she's already getting fired up about it because of when you put seventy four on Northview to go to eight and zero to stay in the top ten. She's getting all fired up about this. That's wild. See now, this is going to be like a continuing storyline. Can they continue? Where were yeah, you? Quarters or semis last year for? It was quarterfinals. Quarter yeah, th- who did they? Uh, some juggernaut. They they ran into. They ran. I think. Oh, it might have been. Well, I was going to say, was it BT? I'm trying to remember. If but John doesn't know. Well, it's just like look, all knows. the brackets blend together at this point. But no, I mean, them, Decatur made the quarterfinals last year, yeah. and they have a chance to be a region champ and sit there and and get two home games, barring coin flip. That if you beat be if you beat St. Pius next week in beautiful bustling downtown Decatur. <laughs> And I can say that because both Sandy, both Commander Sandy and I live in Indicator. Is it, Lakeside yeah. even still playing? Uh, yes, they are. <laughs> if you, if see, I love how she just brings everything crashing <laughs> oh, down. Wow, that was a nice little considering the zing. yeah. They that wasn't no, that wasn't no little zing. All right, Did so they let, just waved the white flag at this point, or uh, let me see, let me see if I can find out what our record is before we get into. Uh, Here, I can help you out. Thank you. Let's see who gets there first. I always make sure I have to do the Atlanta Lakeside two and six. Okay, it's this is oh there we go non-re- zero and yeah. zero in league. Well, play. no, it's because we're, we play a non-region schedule. You have no, uh, you don't have a region. No, we do. We're in region four six a, but we don't play a region schedule. We, we the way that things work is we I'm play confused. teams we play teams outside of our region. Even though we're in region four six a, we okay. play ten games or nine or, or however many outside of our region. So. We're in a region, but the games we play don't count toward region standing. So then, how, how does she, that She doesn't work? quite compute the idea of playing a non-region schedule. There are there are teams around the state that opt to while you be while you will be in a region, and this is mainly okay. for all sports. Okay. It's not just for football, but for all the sports, you are placed in a region, and in some where you can you make the decision that for whatever reason. Uh, Competitive balance, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you don't have a, a whole lot of depth on your roster. You could, you know, you could have a disproportionate number of kids to other teams and other schools in your region. You can opt to play a non-region schedule. So, are there still region standings? Is there playoff implications for teams other than Lakeside? Yes. In, okay. in, in, yeah, it's Hughes. They are in the Hughes Westlake region. Okay. So Hughes has the tiebreaker when they beat Westlake earlier in the year. So Hughes is at three and zero. Westlake, Lovejoy, Tucker—they're all at two and one. So right now it's three teams trying to figure out the two, the three, and the four. North Atlanta and Moro are at zero and three. Lakeside playing a non-region schedule. We're just in the region, kind of, mm-hmm. kind of saying hi, mm-hmm. but we're at two and six right now. We're we're at two and six. There's something year. I want to say, but it's just I'll save it for when we're off air. I was gonna say. <laughs> Uh huh. I, I know where I know where this is going. By the way, I know exactly what she's going to say when we get off the okay. air. But but some teams, I mean, got some it, teams, honestly, okay. legitimately, they will okay. sit there that and opt, sense. like Druid Hills, Southeast Whitfield, just to give you. I'm just give you an example as to the schools that Clarkston. are. Yeah, Clarkston. Okay. That's another one. Yeah. So, 
uh, as I scan quickly, yeah, uh, Midtown, uh, well, sorry, Midtown High uh, stopped their season after one game this year. But, uh, yeah, Lakeside has the Lakeside has the asterisk. Southeast Whitfield, Druid Hills, Clarkston, uh, a couple of single-A schools, Baconton Charter, Patala Charter. Uh, so you uh, learn something new every day. Shambly, Clarkston, Cross Keys, those three that are in that region. So, uh, yeah, so, I mean, folks, and Glasscock, GSIC, in single A, so yeah, they're they're a team that we are a team one of probably ten in the state not playing a region schedule. You know what else I learned today? What you learned today? That John is on level three thousand, like thirty four hundred of Candy Crush. Yeah, <laughs> it's I I do it for mental acuity. I okay, I do it. It's just so to, it's so fitting. Candy Crush, I love it. All right, go yeah, go ahead, go it. ahead and go ahead and talk about this one. Oh yeah, go man, ahead. no, no, I'm just going to end it on that. Okay, I'm just so go ahead, leave just, everyone with that right, little yeah, nugget. Go ahead, go, go ahead and end the show. Yeah, go ahead and end the show. No, yeah, John's going to leave us again. <laughs> oh, John's going to leave us again. All right, everybody, I love giving John a hard time. It's literally my favorite thing to do early in the week here at GPB. So we will wrap it now. Thanks everybody for listening. Great podcast today. Thanks for our guest, Coach Grage. He was phenomenal. Uh, don't forget to watch Recruiting 2021. Airs at 7 o'clock. Before our game of the week, which will be number 4 Calhoun versus number 1 Cartersville at Wineman Stadium at 7.30. Catch us on Countdown to Kickoff every Thursday on GBB Sports Facebook Live at noon. This podcast will be out. The po- podcast is part of my promo checklist. All right, and follow us on social media at GBB Sports. John, this is normally John's job, so I'm not the best at signing off, but thanks everybody for listening. We will see you guys on Thursday for Countdown to Kickoff and Friday for the game. Bye. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.